Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I am especially thrilled to come to you today with an amazing episode, one that I probably should have put out sometime last year, but you know, the time that you do it is usually the perfect time. So I'm just going to go with that theory. But before we even dive in, you know, I love to give you shout outs because when you take the time to leave a rating and review for this show, what that does is it gives that street credit and empowers other women to make the same decision. And so, you know, we live in a society now where we're going to read all the reviews before we make any decisions. And so coming through for me is actually coming through for other women who really need this hardcore velvet machete style advice. So this one is from Heather Elena R. And she says, awesome guidance for business owners with five stars. I nearly cried when I heard this would be the last season of the Bombshell podcast with a crying emoticon. (laughs) Amber's podcast has great style and personality with very relevant topics. Anyone with a business at all levels can benefit from listening. First, Heather, thank you so much for the kind words and the encouragement. I'm very grateful that you're a loyal listener, and I'm really grateful that you found value in this time investment because I know you've got lots of different things you can be doing with your time. But I do want to assure you, while this podcast is coming to a close, don't worry, another one is launching very, very soon. So we're going to extend this. I think I said we would end at the end of March, but we are going to extend the life of this past March to be sure that we have a seamless transition. So you've got all the episodes you can listen to for Bombshell Business and then get into Velvet Machete branding seamlessly. So if you want to stay in the loop, you just have to text Amber's new podcast, Amber's new podcast, all one word to 44222. Again, that is Amber's new podcast, all one word, Amber's new podcast, text that to 44222. And we will be sure that you're absolutely the first to know about everything. And of course, if you have the Bombshell Business app, or if you don't, look for the Bombshell Business app by Amber Hurdle in the App Store or on Google Play, and we'll send um, we'll send some push notifications there too. I have to apologize. I do have a spring cold, so if I sound a little nasally, I apologize that I'm nasally and in your ears, but I'm going to try to do this today. So again, I, I want to give a little bit of a background on the next podcast. I want to explain to you what you can expect moving forward because you are so loyal and I want you to be the first to know. So, you know, the huge majority of the work that I do involves branding as personal brands or leadership, employer brands or company culture and employee engagement, or just good old fashioned business branding, meaning like your brand message, your brand image, all that kind of stuff. And you know, I'm the velvet machete because I tell the truth with a huge dose of love. (laughs) But why am I kind of putting all that in a blender and spitting it back out and pouring it out for your daily or your weekly smoothies. Why Why am I putting that together? So I want to explain to you and give you a little bit of a peek into my philosophy. So as a career branding professional, 
I was like the internal publicist of sorts for senior leaders in the organizations that I, I worked in. So I discovered the most effective way to influence others is to be really direct while also being sensitive to how the audience or the person that you're leading desires to receive the message. So the machete part cuts to the chase while the velvet wraps the message in a way that feels good to the intended audience. And so that's the concept behind Velvet Machete branding. And my overall Velvet Machete brand philosophy breaks that brand success into three parts. So we do have the personal brands, the employer brands, and the business brands. And what I believe is when leaders leverage their personal brands to uphold their company's employer brand through communication, engagement, and always infusing that company culture into every single aspect of operations. And you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast and in the Bombshell Businesswoman book. Customers, when you're doing that, when leaders are leading strong with their personal brands and they're leading that employer brand, then the customers then get to enjoy a strengthened brand experience. They're getting the customer experience that is meant to be that's true to the heart and soul of the organization. And I just believe it takes all three pieces working together for a company to find longstanding success. So even if you're a solopreneur, solopreneur, I can't even talk today. Thank you, Cold. You have to attend to your personal brand and you still have to tend to your culture. And we've talked about this. So I, I, I want you to, to believe, you know, I never leave you, lead you astray. You still have to have that employer brand because everything that you do internally is how you sell it externally. So Stan Slap says you can't sell it on the inside. You can't sell it on the outside, even if it's just you. So we're focusing on those three areas. It's what I talk about every day. And and I want what I talk about on my podcast to align with the work that I do every day, because that's where all of my energy is going. And I think that I can better serve you that way. And it'll also be a lot less confusing to my gender neutral audiences. When I show up, they're, they're going to have a way to connect with me outside of that room. And and that's really important to me. And a lot of the guys are like, oh, that was awesome. But, you know, I'm not a bombshell. <laughs> so we'll still have the bombshell business podcast. I've got the bombshell business keynote that I'm doing a gajillion times this year. So that's not going away. We're just evolving like I expect you to do with your business. OK, so that's that. Here's the good stuff. All right. Today's episode. So many people over the past couple of years have asked me how I wrote my book and how should they write their book and what does it take and what's your plan and what should my plan be? And to be clear, writing a book does not make you an expert. And I am not an expert whatsoever. I'm writing a a series of three books around these branding principles. I'm, I'm working on one right now. Still not an expert, still leaning on other people. So I've recruited my friend Honore to help my sisters out today. And if you don't think this episode is for you, if you're like, oh, well, I don't want to write a book, I am going to dare you to listen to this anyways, because I think she's going to have a pretty compelling argument. So other than being my friend, let me tell you a little bit about her professional background. Honore Corder is a best-selling author and executive business coach and best-selling author times a bajillion, okay? She combines her business acumen and 12 years of self-publishing experience to provide provide structure, strategy, and accountability to individuals who want to elevate their platform and create multiple streams of income 
Don't we all want that? From publishing their own books. Honoré's coaching and books provide real-world, time-tested strategies. She shares step-by-step advice in a straightforward, no-nonsense fashion for use today. Now you know why we're friends. To get desired results as soon as literally tomorrow. You Must Write a Book is what we're going to be talking about today. And it provides professionals with everything they need to write and self-publish a book. Honoré and an incredible list of successful writers share how writing a book changed their life and business for the better. Once you've written a book, you'll be able to distinguish yourself from others in your field. Your business card just does not cut it anymore. I I can, I mean, I will back her up all the way on this. My business completely changed after writing my book. And saying that you're the best at what you do falls on deaf ears. Your book actually replaces your business card and brings in new clients or customers to your business. You can make more money, attract more clients or customers than ever before with with a book. Honoré leads you through the process of picking a topic, writing strategies, publishing options, launching your book, and marketing strategies for a successful book. She is also a hot tea snob like me and is a foodie, and her husband has promised me he's going to make me his famous brisket. So now that the weather is better, we will probably be posting Insta stories about that. Honoré, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing with us. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Hey, hey, delighted to be with you. Thank you for having me. And you're welcome for that tongue twister bio, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so uh, in fairness, like I've been gone for six weeks. And then last week I was seven days in Orlando, five days at Disney with my entire family, including my granddaughters, nine of us. And then I got back to Tennessee and I caught a cold. So I am um, a little bit on the struggle bus today. (laughs) But bombshells power through. So before we even get started, I just want to remind everybody that you can get the show notes to everything that we talk about. And she's actually got an awesome surprise for you at amberhurdle.com forward slash podcast with an S and then look for episode 72. So honore girl, I feel like you know, <laughs> bombshells are pretty hardcore and they're they're not going to suffer fools and yeah. they're not going to believe anybody unless there's some serious like gangster street cred. So can we just start out by talking about your journey into becoming an author? Oh, sure. Um, I was born barefoot and <laughs> a poor child in the South walking uphill both ways. No, let's just start with... Um, I built my first business in network marketing. So I built a seven figure business in network marketing, which is one of the tougher businesses. And then my next opportunity was to learn about myself and about business was when I became a single mom Mm -hmm. of a two year old. And so can continue to build that business while building a executive and business coaching business and speaking business and then writing my first book. You want the street cred stuff, so I, I would assume that means numbers. So I do. I, have, I, I think that's it is yeah. very impressive to me. So yes, please share. Yeah, sure. So I have written and published fifty one books, sold almost one point eight million, written millions of words. I last counted it three million, and I thought that sounded good enough. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> more than three million words, and I've helped dozens of authors to craft, write, publish, launch, and market their books to what I call best earner status as opposed to bestseller status. Because as you know, anyone can be a bestseller in their Mm -hmm. category on Amazon. 
for an hour, which means you've sold five books, maybe to your grandmother. I'm not judging. Mm-hmm. And so you get the bestseller tag, but that doesn't necessarily mean your book has made you any money. So my focus is on helping people to write a book that serves them and serves the reader. And that makes it a win, win, win. Yeah. Pride doesn't pad your bank account. So there's a, <laughs> that's a very important trigger for me too. So let's go back to you're doing network marketing, you're a single mom, now you're working on your executive coaching and speaking and all that kind of stuff. And somebody kind of went, okay, you're like everybody else, but you have to write a book. So tell us that story. None other than Mark Victor Hansen, the (laughs) creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, which is soon to not be the best-selling book series of all time because Hal and I are interested in taking over that spot in the future. Nevertheless, I was at a conference in the back where the nerds sit taking notes on my computer. And after Mark spoke, he came to the back and he said, I'm Mark. And I said, I know. And he said, who are you? And I said, I'm Honoré. And he said, what do you do, Honoré? And with a hair flip, (laughs) I said, (laughs) I said, well, I am a coach and a speaker. And he said, everybody's a coach and a speaker. You must write a book. And those words changed my life. I say. Yeah. So so you mentioned Hal. Who's Hal? (laughs) Oh, that guy. Um, That guy. Yeah, that guy. So Hal Elrod is the uh, author of The Miracle Morning. And Hal read my review of his book, which just a super quick story. I have a philosophy, a personal philosophy I started developing in my early 20s. And one of the tenets of my philosophy is give away what you want more of. Mm -hmm. So if you want something and you don't have enough of it or as much as you'd like, then start giving it away. Money, time, love, space. In my case, five-star book reviews. So I decided I needed, I wanted more book reviews. I like honest five-star book reviews. Don't all authors. Mm -hmm. And... I realized that reading two to three books a week, I was not taking the time to review the books. The next book I read was The Miracle Morning. And I thought, oh, I so could have written this book. I do a morning practice. But Hal's got the cool story. He got to die, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're a speaker or an author when you see something tragic, but recovered in the news and you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to make like, you know, X amount of dollars on that story. (laughs) That is such a good story. You win. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote the the book review. Hal saw that I had a series. I have the successful single mom book series, which is six books, certification for facilitators, uh, audio program. So he saw all of that. He wanted to create that. He reached out to me and said, "Would you like to write the Miracle Morning for single moms?" That was his initial ask because he was putting his authors in place. And once we got on the phone, he realized that I knew perhaps more about publishing and self-publishing and selling books than he did and suggested that we partner. And we have to date published 18 books and other products in the book series, the Miracle Morning book series. That's incredible. Yeah. That is amazing. So along with all of your intention and all of the words that you've written and all that kind of stuff. You are a full-time author, correct? I, well, one of my full-time jobs <laughs> is, <laughs> is being an author and running my author business. Yes. yes. But I do coach 
folks to write their books and I do some speaking and then I have other business things that I do. So yes, um, I, I could be a full-time author and, and work at home in my cat pajamas all the time, but I do also like people a little. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just a little, um, the, I'm just going to kind of put that there as a little foreshadowing for a question sure. I'm going to ask later, because, um, there, there's, there's what you do and then there's the opportunities that you get from that one thing that you do. So let's just, just bombshells kind of file that in the, in the, in the back of your mind, but let's get back specifically to that phrase that you were told. And that is you must write a book. So what made you decide to write a book with that title? Oh, so what, so I wrote, you must write a book because Amazon called me and said, would you be willing to come to New York and talk to the media with a few of your colleagues, Hal included with James Altucher, Pat Flynn and Guy Kawasaki about publishing, specifically indie publishing and why folks would be best served writing and publishing a book on the KDP platform specifically, but in general. And I did not have at that time a book specific to that topic. And so I called them and I said, hey, would you like me to write a book about why everyone should write and publish a book, open parentheses on Amazon's KDP platform? And they said, why, yes, we would like that very much. And with a very short runway, 112 days to be exact. Wow. From, from conceiving of the concept with a few days burn for confirmation and then just diving right in, You Must Write a Book was born about three weeks before that trip wow! in 2016. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how it happened. How many times have you said to other people before you wrote that book? I mean, how did, were you giving away this information repeatedly? Mm-hmm. I, I know I, that's kind of how bombshell came to be is like, I found myself explaining the same thing over and over again. And I was like, you know, any woman with 15 bucks in her pocket can really shorten her learning curve and just yep. do what I say in this book. And then, you know, whether she can afford me personally or not, it, it is, you know, she's still sure. getting the information. Yeah. So what what was like the, the swell up from other people in your life? Well, I started writing books, but quite by accident, I discovered that I was owed a large sum of money by an online retailer who, when I first started writing and publishing books, would only do paper checks. <laughs> they would only do paper checks when you'd made $100. As a single mom, you'll appreciate this, I had a business address that was a place I would go pick up my mail, but I did an office there. Mm-hmm. And they are not allowed by law to forward mail. So for the first six months after I got married, I have a big Southern husband now. I could get mail, <laughs> I could safely get mail where I live. And I would go to this office and pick up my mail. And over time, it dwindled, dwindled, dwindled. So several years goes by and I find myself riding in the back of a car. My mother-in-law is driving for hours at a time. We were doing a big 40th birthday celebration for my husband. And I discovered that... Not only do I have an account, but I'm owed all this money. And if I would just put in my bank account information, they would stop sending me paper checks that would get returned. Glory, glory. And they would actually pay me. So I'm sitting in a Barnes and Noble and I get this bank notification. And it was like $9,000, like $9,000 of unexpected ebook residuals in 2011. Yes. From, yes. So I was like, oh, okay. And I decided 
hey, wouldn't it be fun if I was a full-time author? I've been coaching for a while, but I might be a little tired of that. I was winding down my business, but wasn't sure what I was going to really focus my energy on. And so I started writing books. I decided I'm going to write all these books that I've meant to write, write all the single, the rest of the single mom books and some other books for my coaching business. I can transition my income from trading time for money into being leveraged, which is my favorite kind anyway. (laughs) And so I set this goal to make six figures from my ebook paperback and audiobook sales within five years. So by the time I turn 45, be like four years and change. And so I go about the business of doing that. And as you start to do something and you talk about it, so as I was starting to write more books and people would see I would publish books, people specifically my clients, they would say, maybe you could talk to me in my next coaching session about writing and publishing a book. Is that possible? And so I found myself in those executive and business coaching conversations saying, okay, and this week you're going to write 500 words a day or a thousand words a day. And I would walk them through the beginnings of this, you must write a book process. And that's where I started. That's awesome. Yes. So to follow up on that foreshadowing I did earlier, you are now talking about your writing and your coaching And then spoiler alert, she also has um, a mastermind program, which is starting, well, at the time of this publishes, it'll it'll probably be afterwards, but you have them going all the time. Um, And I will be participating in one. And then we've got a live event that I know I'm attending. So you have multiple streams of income around what you do, but the authority factor began with the fact that you are a published author. So can you walk us through, I I know how this is what attracted Hal to you. This is why your clients are like, Hey, Mm -hmm. we like passive income. We like multiple income streams. Um, especially we're in a great economy right now, but you know, I remember 2008 very clearly. (laughs) Um, and I, I hope that that never happens again. But what I do know is the market can be a lot more volatile now. We have really big highs and really big lows, and I want to be prepared for that where yeah. I'm not scrambling like I had to as a single mom in 2008. So walk us through that, that here's your book, and now, you know, give us some examples of what that might look like for, for multiple in- income streams. Oh, sure, yes. This is one of my favorite things to talk about, so thank you for asking this question because I like to plant seeds that then people grow into their own ideas. Yeah. Well, so my first book was Tall Order, which I have since because it's been so long, published the 10th anniversary edition of that book. That book in particular, I sold 11,000 copies of that book in three weeks before it was actually on my doorstep. One of the things that Mark Victor Hansen told me that he injected was seven things every day to market their book. And I'm not one to reinvent the wheel, <laughs> right? If you, if you say that that, you know, that physique is the result of grilled chicken and weightlifting, I just want to know which weights to lift and win. And I'm going to be grilling some chicken. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I, so when they said do seven things every day and they mentioned their seven things, I wrote down the seven things and I just started doing the seven things. One of the things they suggested was call everyone you know and ask them if they would buy between one and a hundred books. The reason that I share that is because when I would say, would you like between one and a hundred books, several of my clients said, oh, we'll take a thousand books. We'll take 3000 books. And I was able to sell 11,000 total books between the time I uploaded the printer and I received them three weeks later on my front porch. 
And I had to actually place two orders, two more orders. I'd ordered 5,000. I needed to order 5,000. And then I ordered 5,000. But by then I was in the black and it was my very first day on planet earth as a published author, as a self-published author, which back in 2004, 2005 was kind of like the, the scarlet letter, right? right? Or Laverne's letter L. (laughs) (laughs) Surely it wasn't exactly a symbol of pride. But my mantra is and has always been um, rich, not famous. Yes. I don't care if anybody ever recognizes me, but I want to be able to buy all the things and go all the places and help all the people. That's my my reason for being. So just to stay with tall order for a minute, in my network marketing days, I built really good relationships with the corporate staff. And one of the corporate staff moved to another company. And he called me and he said, I really like your book, Tall Order. I really believe in personal development. The challenge with some personal development books today is that they're so upsalesy. They're yeah. so salesy, upsalesy. And he said, I like that your book is just direct, straight to the point. It's short. It's got a good punch. Could I please buy 80,000 copies? Oh my gosh. That book to put in my distributor kits. And of course, my answer was um, yes. And could we do a custom printing? Long story short, the book made the distributor kits the next level of heavy for postage. So not only did they have the expense of the books, but then once they got a book, so they ordered some sample books for me and they were fussing around with how much does it cost us to mail this distributor kit, these 80,000 distributor kits. And they decided, ooh, too heavy. What's plan B? And I thought they were going to pull the plug. And I came up with the idea of a postcard with back then a QR code. Now I have another method for delivery, but a QR code where they could put the postcard in the distributor kit. Someone could scan the QR code and it would take them to a landing page on my website and give them the book as a gift. So they paid me for 80,000 postcards. And instead of, you know, $5 a book or $6 a book for 80,000, 80,000 books, I let them pay me $2,000 per book because I'm friendly <laughs> um, and I think it cost me a little less than $900 all in for the 80,000 postcards. And I never saw a postcard. I just had them shipped direct. So they went into the to the distributor kits, people downloaded the books, they joined my email list, and therein lies the the beauty of the multiple streams of income. So we have a book that mm-hmm. is in paperback, but that is the format that doesn't work. So we have the ebook format, which worked, but how do you do the conveyance, right? Right. Through the postcard and the QR code, that was a multiple stream of income to me because not only did those folks join my list and read that book, I have some other books. Many of them branched out into single mom books, divorce books. Some of them did executive coaching for me. I've gotten a couple of speaking engagements. They've taken the course that is with the next book in the series. So it's Tall Order, Vision to Reality, Business Dating. So they went through the series, bought the course from me, did some coaching, some speaking, some training, right? So you get where I'm going with right. that. Like each book that you could write is not just the 15 bucks that can change someone's life from reading your knowledge. You then can bring them into your world, into your funnel, and you can turn that book into a companion guide, a companion journal, a companion workbook, right? So you have those other physical options or digital options as it were, right? Because those are also available, not to mention the audiobook version of your book, but you can also do a course, which is live. I do a live course. I also have 
you'll like this, Memorex courses, <laughs> digital download courses. And then you can speak, you can consult, you can coach. So there are lots of things that you can do with that same exact information that's in your book. But as it's repurposed and as folks have access to you in various ways, the more they get of you actually, the more they would pay for that access. Absolutely. And I have to throw in there too. So I do a lot of work with companies. I mean, I just met with a a regional construction company the other day. And you're like, wait, what? The bombshell businesswoman is meeting with the construction company? Like, help me understand this. The topic of your book, while you can create all kinds of different income streams with that information, which is very helpful because now you're not recreating things, just the fact that you are a published author opens doors where where decision makers want somebody very credible. They know that if you've gone through the trouble of putting any amount of knowledge into a published book, that you're probably baseline on point with what you talk about. So even though my first book was specifically for bold, brave female entrepreneurs, subtitle of my book, I'm sitting with the CEO of a construction company to talk about personal branding. I talk about that in The Bombshell Businesswoman, but not specifically to him. So I just want to kind of expand on that you have like this roadmap that you can, you know, do the keynote, you could do the extras and the companion book and and the the course and all those kind of things. And there's this whole other world that opens up for you. So I'll just be real honest. I didn't write my book to make a killing as an author. (laughs) I wrote my book because I knew that I would make money, bigger money in other ways. And I have a bajillion times over just because I wrote the book. So let's talk a little bit about why any professional should write a book. So if you're a network marketer, which I know a lot of my listeners are because I I speak at those conferences and Mm -hmm. it's such a perfect blend of all the different brandings that we talk about. Uh I have a lot of salon owners. I have fitness professionals. I have attorneys. I have a lot of people with personal brands, spa owners, aesthetics, massage therapists. I mean, you name yoga, all that kind of stuff. What's why should any professional, no matter what they do, what's the value to them writing a book? It's the differentiator right off the bat. It do you have a business card? Oh, you know what? I am fresh out of business cards, but I do have this book I've written. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that sounds funny. And you're right. I totally glossed over the fact that once you become an author, you can charge more for what you do because you are an authority. So that's the, the very first benefit. But that's also a good reason to write your book is that you take the guesswork out of do you know what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. And if by chance you've been doing what you've been doing for, let's say, less than five years, not that five years is the the watermark necessarily, but you can come at your book from the reporter perspective, like Napoleon Hill did in Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. So there's the perspective of I am the expert. This is my opinion this is my take on this particular subject. There's also the other opportunity, which is I'm gathering knowledge and information and I'm passing it on to my reader. So if anyone is thinking, well, I've only been doing this for a short time, why would I write a book? That's why. Yeah. Because when you hand your book to someone, they still go, wow, that's amazing. It's still 
very cool to be an author. And, you know, I'm I'm like the PR loving queen. That's what my degree is in. And so let's just say that you're that you own a salon and, you know, maybe you run out booths or maybe you pay your stylist or whatever that looks like for you. Your revenue at this point is limited to what happens in that brick and mortar business, right? So you can increase your fees or you can decrease your expenses. And then that's how you control how much money your your, your revenue and what you're generating. Or you can write a book. You can have a news peg. We've talked about that. Go back to all of the, the media friendly episodes. I think I did a series of three and listen to those. Now you have a news peg because you wrote a book. You can get on this show or this podcast or this TV program or whatever. And now you have some notoriety that makes you different than all the other spas and salons in your area. And now what can you do with that online to extend your reach far beyond the community in which your brick and mortar is able to deliver results to. So you've got, I, I know so many of my, my business owners are like, oh, I kind of like want to get into some online marketing, but I really just, I love working with people. I love my store. I love my community. I don't want to get away from that. And when I'm saying, and Honoré, you can definitely expand on this with your way more knowledge than I have. But I think a book is that thing that is physical, just like your brick and mortar, but is also something that is that opens up doors to possibilities far beyond just what's being held in your hand. Does that make sense? Am I making any absolutely. sense here? Yes, absolutely. It is tangible. It's tangible proof that you are knowledgeable, that you are the expert, that you're the person that someone should talk to. Absolutely. And it gives you a chance to really distill down your knowledge and to share it. Part of writing a book is figuring out what do you want the book to do for you? What do you want it to do for the reader? Yeah. And like one of my clients, Deidre, I think I, I, you know, I know I wrote about her in my book. So she is the ops director for a blowout company and she doesn't own it, but she, she runs it. That's for sure. She's great at what she does. She calls herself a day maker. She loves going to work and being in this community of both her stylists and her customers every single day with all of these different locations that she supports. And she goes into other non-competing markets and is um, mm. she teaches the art of blowouts. Now, what if she had a book? You know what I mean? Like how many more doors would open for her? So I've, I've been on her. We'll get her there one day. Um, <laughs> where yeah. she can, yeah. So she could still do what she loves day in and day out in in her physical environment. But if she had that book, that would that would reach her worldwide. That's now a whole other thing because it's not just about her reputation locally where she is. It's about setting up a reputation and a brand far more than Nashville and, and the Southeast. So let's talk about there's I have so many questions in the limited time. So I just want to be sure that we're getting the most out of this. OK, I know a lot of bombshells are like, oh, my gosh, I barely have time to even like take a potty break during the day. How mm-hmm. am I going to write a book? So mm-hmm. can you break that down a little bit? I can. Yes. Um, my writing practice is to write for one hour every day. So let me just say for those of you that went off, (laughs) (laughs) denied, I wrote a book specifically for this, which is not you must write a book. It's called the nifty 15, write your book in 15 minutes a day. 
and dozens of strategies for how to get the words down on paper. And I actually had someone who read the book and wrote to me and said, I have three time time interrupters. That's what she calls her children. (laughs) (laughs) Project interrupters. And she uses the Nifty 15 to make progress on all of her projects. The Nifty 15 basically is where you schedule 15 minutes every day that's inviolate. Whether you have to lock yourself in the bathroom or go to Starbucks on the way to work or on the way home from work or, you know, during the workday somewhere, you just sequester yourself and your focus is to get the words down on paper. And it will take you longer than for someone who has an hour or two or several a day to write their book. But you will be surprised how quickly the words pile up. Yeah. So agree. And so because my book was in the October catalog uh, that like Barnes and Noble and Books a Million, all that kind of stuff that they look at, I I had to hit my deadline. It wasn't like, oh, okay, well, I'll just get to it when I can. Like my manuscript, I started at the end of January. My manuscript had to be to the first editor. I think it was like the first or second week of March. No pressure. <laughs> and oh, those gosh. of you who have it, see, it's, it's a pretty decent sized book. It's not a light read. And because I decided that that was a goal, it was on my vision board, you find the time. And I make no bones about not being a morning person. I am medically a (laughs) night owl. I don't even produce cortisol in the morning, like the fight or flight thing that gets most people out. Most people spike in the morning. I I create zero, zero in the morning. And yet I was waking up at 5 a.m. because that was the only time that I knew for sure that I could have uninterrupted writing time. And I took a couple like overnight trips and things like that to get it done in that amount of time. But, you know, if you've if you've got time to watch The Bachelor, if you've got time to sit and scroll through Facebook, mm-hmm. you've got time to write a book. I'm just one thousand percent. Yeah, you there. can write you can write 100 words, 250 words and a nonfiction book is generally between 30,000 and 60,000 words. So let's just go with the 30,000 word model. If you write 500 words a day for 60 days, guess what, kids? Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you have a first draft. So it's not a, I'm going to work on my book for two years. And I and it requires a writing retreat to the south of France to work on that first draft. <laughs> Although that sounds delightful and sign me up. <laughs> right. <laughs> if anyone pulls that together, I would lead a writing retreat in the south of France for, you know, a dozen or so lovely people who have a week to, to get away. However, for most of us who have people and furry people in our lives who require our constant attention, you then have to get very intentional about carving out that time. And I look at every day with a couple of filters in mind. When am I going to get in my my workout? When am I going to get in my writing? And when am I going to get in my nap? (laughs) I wish I could nap. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Well, I just do. I do a nappuccino. So it's 25 minutes with some caffeine take the caffeine, shut my eyes for 25 minutes to do either a meditation or a quick snooze. And then I'm up and back at it. Huh. That's worthy of trying. It, it, it actually gives me another block of super productivity because I feel like I've just come off a night of sleep. Interesting. Yes. Okay. 
So I know I can't sleep during the day. Like, again, I'm just not, I'm medically not wired that way, but I could close my eyes and do some meditation and that would probably kind of reset. Okay. Love that idea. I'm going to give that a whirl this week, especially since it's so hectic. Okay. And so I love, was it last? I don't even know where I've been y'all. I've been in five different time zones, (laughs) lost five hours and like four days I've traveled so much. Um, But I was in Miami and I was speaking to shout out to the women's Chamber of Commerce of Miami-Dade. What an amazing group of women. Wow, wow, wow. Anyway, so I spoke one night, but I thought, you know, I'm working on my book. I'm going to stay an extra couple of days to look at the water, which is very, this is very much a part of my strategy. Water helps me write for some reason. So I'm mm. overlooking the Bay in Miami, writing my book, and I get stuck in my head. And so I called on Ray and I was like, okay, I, I, this is this is stupid. Like, I know it's stupid. And so I just need a really smart person to tell me it's stupid. She did not tell me I was stupid, which was very <laughs> kind of her. <laughs> if you thought it, I don't blame you. Not but at all. I was getting stuck just kind of on the entire, like I was losing the forest. For, no, yeah, I was losing the forest for the trees. And so, and one of those was the title. And and because I'm doing a series of three and all that kind of jazz. So and I'm I'm kind of overthinking in my head. You hear so many different things about SEO and searchability on Amazon. And then I'm like, well, I want it to be, you know, this is the title that I really want it to be because it goes with my keynotes and my whole philosophy and la la la. So can you walk us through how do you craft that fabulous title for a book and and just any insight on that? Sure, of course. So nonfiction is what we're talking about here. Nonfiction, not fiction. Yes. Um, uh, Nonfiction titles are what the book is about. So right away, you want to know when you look at a book title, when your readers are looking at your book title, you want them to know exactly what your book is about. And this isn't the time to be cute Cute. (laughs) or funny or fun unless there is an, an application for that. So the book, and I'm just going to use my own book title because I think it's helpful. You must write a book. It's what the book <laughs> is about. Boost your brand, get more business and become the go-to expert is the subtitle also known as what is the problem that you solve for the reader? Yes. Yes. So that very simply the, the title is, you know, the four hour work week, right? Then the subtitle is whatever the subtitle is where Tim Ferriss says you become part of the new rich. You do all these things and you become part of the new rich and people go, okay, I want that. <laughs> the subtitle really tells people what they get if they give you their time and money and make no mistake. It's very funny being an author. People go, oh, I'm an author too. And I had someone legitimately give me four books the other day. Always ask someone the question as an aside, are you a reader? What kind of books do you read? Mm. I have a book. This is what it's about. Would you like a copy? Always preface that because now I have four books in my backseat that I will not ever read because they're just not my books. Right, right, right. And I have lots of books that I do want to read. Nevertheless, you want someone to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that your book is for them. So the subtitle is what it's, the title is what the book is about. And the subtitle is what is the problem that it solves and how to is implied. So you don't need to say how to boost your brand, get more business and become the go-to expert because it's a nonfiction book by virtue of its existence. It is a how-to and does not need the how-to at the beginning. 
And that's so helpful. And that was one thing that we discussed because like that is a perfect blog post title. We're, we're taught that, taught that, taught that. Mm-hmm. And, and I can say as somebody who's written my entire career, I mean, my entire career, all the different, like I wrote AP style when I was a journalist and doing PR. And then this is MLA style. And then there's writing on the internet. And then there's writing for a book. And then there's writing for like a news publication. This It can be very confusing to figure out, okay, what style am I writing? What are the rules for this? What's the most mm-hmm. impactful thing? And so having just straightforward advice from from someone like you or your book, that just eliminates all of that noise that we all hear. And I mean, I, again, I'm a writer, like I've been paid to write forever right. and I'm confused. So sure. I can't even imagine somebody who isn't a writer by trade, who's never been, maybe it is easier. Maybe it's easier to figure it out if you don't have all these other things going on. But I have to imagine that if if you're already feeling a little fraudulent because you're not a writer and yet you're, you're going to write a book, which I know that imposter syndrome sneaks up and rears its ugly head for so many people, you're just saying, okay, it doesn't matter. If if you're a professional, you must write a book. Here's why and here's how to do it. And and this is what I'm, I'm loving, loving. One of the sections in the book, and I haven't finished reading it yet, um, So, but one of it is Let's Get Ninja, and that just sounds savage to me. So I want to I hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So fe- Feudal Japan harkens back to the covert agent or mercenary that was a ninja, and it required the ninja to engage in things like espionage and sabotage and infiltration and assassination and guerrilla warfare. Nice. And I made it a little more fun because we don't want any dishonorable deaths, uh, uh, you know, around us. So my definition of a ninja is a little more fun. It's about selling books in unconventional and interesting ways and getting your book out into the world because you're basically shouting in a room full of people that are shouting. And it's almost impossible for people to hear you, especially as more and more people do write books. You want your book to be and quality conversation aside, you want your book to be read, right? Some people will say, well, I could never give away my book. And it's like, well, you don't have a, a, you know, a, a, a problem now that you have a book, but you have an obscurity problem. (laughs) You have have a book because you're competing with all of the other books. Once you are an author, you are no longer competing with anyone in your profession who does not have a book. You are now competing with other professionals who have books and getting your book read. So I talk about giving books away as your very first ninja strategy. For sure. I will gladly hand somebody my book that costs me dollars to get the thousands of dollars that 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 exchange could could bring about. And worst case scenario, you give your book away to somebody who is able to improve their life because of it. And maybe you don't get anything out of that that time. And so what's what's the harm there? You're not you're not going to get rich. Well, I say this for me, I didn't plan on getting rich writing a book. I, I planned on getting rich from all the benefits of being right? an author. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and yes. you're not going to go poor giving books away either. So no, you're not. And I've seen some people criticize that strategy. Well, of course, the author has the ability to give away $2 books. And I actually, the majority of the books that I give away, I would say 98% of the books that I give away now are digital through BookFunnel. BookFunnel.com is a terrific 
resource for giving away digital copies of your book, having people sign up for your email list so you can have a conversation with them in exchange for giving them a copy of your book. And then you start the conversation and then perhaps they hire you to come and speak or they buy multiple copies of the book for themselves to give away or to give to other people. The, the, the strategies and the opportunities are legitimately endless. However, you can buy your books at such a low cost that a good business card will cost you. If you're self-published. Yes. That's key. That is key. Yes. Because if um, you are published by a traditional publisher, it might not be so cheap to buy your own books. And then now you're, you are trying to make money off of a book as opposed to yes. really leveraging it as a tool. Correct. Yes. I'm, I'm definitely beating the drum in the self-published lane without question. I think there's a very specific person who can get and, and prosper under a traditional deal and do not begrudge that. However, you have to give up creative control, timing control, content control, and I am a controller. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not control free and like to be in control of all of those things. So there are a couple of reasons I would hand over all of that control. And it is also a key, you know, one of those words that starts with C also, it is cash. However, Yes, as an independently published author, as a self-published author, you can buy books for about the same amount that you would spend for a really amazing business card. If you want to make an impression, you would buy your cards from Moo and get the super thick ones, which is what I do. Me too. And those cards cost me a buck, a buck 25 mm-hmm. for the cards. And some of my books cost less than a dollar to print. I'm not sure how I wrap my brain around that really. But I have no problem. I always have books in my bag. I'm always sitting next to someone new in an airplane, on an airplane or at a coffee shop or in a restaurant. And the conversation is always, what do you do? Open parentheses for money. And my answer is I write books and I help people to write and publish their books. And I never get, oh, I know tons of people that do that. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> well, and, and so it's so I have to say the first time I ever met Honoré, we were with our friends, Dave, mutual friends, Dave and Tiffany Chesson, that the Kindlepreneur, he's if you want to learn how to really market your book in Kindle form, then you need to follow Dave. But I'm just sitting here going, and this is why I give myself no credit for being an author, because I'm sitting at a table full of best-selling authors. Like, you know what I mean? Like to us, it's so normal. But anybody who hears that I'm an author treats me completely, oh my gosh. I mean, it's just crazy how, and it was hard. It was super hard. It was very, very hard. I'm not going to, because of the timeline that I put myself on and everything else that I had going on, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and be like, oh, it's no problem at all, especially if you're a mom and working full time. But when it's done, the reward is so huge. And I have to take a step back sometimes and, and like give myself credit for doing it. You know, <laughs> I I think I'm doing that a little bit more as I'm working on my next one, because I, I'm going into it knowing what it takes as opposed to just I definitely made things a lot, a lot, lot harder than it needed to be last time. So that's why I'm sharing the gift of honoré with you, as opposed to me trying to explain to you the convoluted way that I do everything. So <laughs> well, there, yeah. is a, there is a faster path. There is a faster, easier path. And the best way to do anything is to model 
right? Not to reinvent the wheel. Right. Who has done what you want to do and then give them your American Express card and let them walk you Correct. through Yeah. Yes. That's, and that's this, this is exactly why I am in your mastermind. This is why I'm going to your live <laughs> event because I, you know, I know the pain and I don't want to feel that pain. So we're, we're going to do it a different way this time. But speaking of giving away your book for free, you yeah. have a gift for Bombshell listeners. So what is that? Um, so on the front page of my website, honorayquarter.com, you can scroll down past the photo, the obligatory, you know, branding photo, right? <laughs> I, I bet I get a gold star from you. You do. And it says you can get a free copy of You Must Write a Book, click here. And so you get a copy of the third edition, which is the most recent. I just updated it for the You Must course. It starts very shortly. And um, it has all of the latest, everything you need without me talking to you. Without me having a conversation with someone, it's everything I have about putting your book together, publishing your book, marketing your book, and marketing with your book. Done. I mean, come on. I, the, if you are not out of excuses at this point, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, <laughs> I have just handed on a silver platter to you. I don't want anybody asking me anymore. <laughs> How did you write your book? I'm just going to say, go to episode 72 of the Bombshell Business Podcast, listen to Honoré, get her free book that she just gave you. And then if you need more, then she's got, she's got paths. So that's very generous. And, and thank you so much for, for that free. And yet I still know that there are people listening who still have that, you know, Gertrude in their head who's telling them, you can't do it. Like, Mm -hmm. that's for everybody else. That's not for you. What, what would you tell those people? The world needs your book because it's your perspective and in your voice. If you have ever read something, and I know you have, that was written by someone who said exactly the same thing that maybe your mom said or your sister or your aunt or your priest or or some homeless guy on a park bench, right? We've all gotten those pieces of wisdom and we went, oh yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) And then then you read it in a book. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the piece of advice didn't hit you on the forehead. It actually penetrated your mind and your body and your spirit and you received it and it changed your life. It's because that author said it in a way that you were able to receive it. Whereas the other givers of the wisdom perhaps didn't. Now you are the giver of the information, of the insight. And if you don't say it, I mean, I'm not the original person to write a book for single moms. I'm not the original person to write a book on writing a book. Lots of you know, maybe someone you've heard of, Stephen King, wrote a book called On Writing. <laughs> so yeah. he said, oh, that guy. <laughs> oh, that guy. You know, he sold a few books. He's got some street cred. But some people can't hear it from the other people. They need to hear it from you. And if you don't write it and publish it, then the people who could be helped by you won't be helped. And if that means something to you, if that moves the needle for you, then perhaps it's time for you to at least write it down and get comfortable with, I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. I'm a writer. I am an author. And I just, if we have time for one super quick story, my journey, I had written and published seven books and I was at a cocktail party 
like a networking event. And at the time I had a COO and she was with me and some guy said, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a coach and a speaker. I'm a business coach and executive coach and a speaker. And she chimed in and said, and she's an author. Sounds like my husband. And I I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm an author too. And the person of course went down the, you know, super cool, like, oh, you're an author. Tell me about that. Because that was the cool chip I wasn't even playing. Right? Right. And after they left, she was like, why don't you lead with that? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you lead with author, executive and business coach and speaker? And in my head, and this is important, and I'm over it now, right? I'm very proud to be an indie author without question for multiple reasons. But at the time, I was a lowercase w writer because I had published myself. I was self-published. I wasn't traditionally published. I didn't have an agent and an editor, a big time editor at a publishing house and a book deal and all of those things. I have since worked with lots of New York Times bestselling authors who have come to me to indie publish their book because they were woefully disappointed in the results that they got. Yep. The service, the marketing, the results, right? So I'm over that. But there was a time when I had seven books published and I was still like, well, it's not really worth mentioning because... I wasn't externally validated and published. I just did it myself. So it must not really matter. And I just want to share that because it's easy to think, oh, well, she's an author. She sold all these books. So therefore, dot, 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 assumptions, right? Right. Assumption, assumption, assumption. And I just want to shed the assumption and just say, you know, I had to work through my own uh, head noise, my own static and my own lack of deservability and my lack of belief in myself to then say, oh, wait a minute, this is really cool. And I do deserve to do this. So if it's moving the needle for you, there's no one else that needs to validate your book idea. And my only advice is only give the idea that you want to write and publish a book to someone who will cherish it and water it and help you to grow it. Because there will be, there are still some people when I meet them who are like, well, who's your publisher? And I'm like, oh, I own my own publishing company. And they're like, oh, mm. yeah. But here's, <laughs> like, you know, here's the thing. I know people who do radio for a living or even do TV for a living and they make less money than I do publishing my own podcast. Yep. So again, you you just kind of have to go back to what is it that I want? And in my first book, I did a hybrid model. So I paid somebody who has a publishing company a reasonably small consulting fee, and they handled everything for me, everything. Mm. They connected me with everybody. They, you know, I mean, they, they got it into the sales catalogs and all that kind of stuff because I was tapped. I was a conductor of so many brand orchestras and serving my corporate clients that there's no way I could have facilitated, been the conductor of my own book orchestra. I just couldn't do it. And it was holding Mm. me back. And so I'm Mm. like, well, I don't want to go full-fledged traditional publishing because I know what I want it called. I don't want anybody telling me what my business philosophy is or isn't. This Mm -hmm. is my own personal story that I'm telling in the first few chapters, and I cannot be told what I should or should not write. So I wanted the control, but I didn't want the headache. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So that's that's what I did for, for that particular book. And I love it. And I wouldn't have done anything differently, I promise. But what I've realized is a lot of the opportunity to market the book and what you can do behind the scenes with Amazon and those things that I genuinely need to be in control of as a a professional marketer. And I, I really know what I'm doing. That's 
that's what I want to do. And I also want to go back real quick because I spoke to several publisher, uh, traditional publishers. And as an, as a new author, you might get like a $1,000 advance. So that's, (laughs) that's going nowhere fast. You, you might get like 80 cents of a $20 book and you get no marketing support whatsoever. So when it came down to I can make five dollars and, and you know, if you completely self-publish, then you're you're even more than that. But my my deal was a little bit different. So if I make like five dollars a book, I'm having to pay for my marketing anyways. And y'all know I hired a publicist and all that, even though I know how to do that, because, again, you have to that Amex goes far when you don't have time. You know, once you look at like what you're getting versus what you're having to do on your own anyways, like I could not fathom ever. And I say this, never say never, but I I don't see me ever traditionally publishing a book because what's in it for me? (laughs) And I don't blame the publishers at all because they're taking a risk on you and um, they're making their money off their big names. And so that's where they're going to put their time and their energy like any smart business person would. So I just think, you know, there's really a lot of, of knowledge that if you read, you must write a book. There's everything in that that you need to be empowered to figure this out and do it on your own and make something of it. So let's talk just real quick. I know it will put all of this in the show notes. We know to go to your website to get your free book. Where can people beyond and, and give us your website again, social media, all that kind of stuff. Where can people find out more about you? Um, honorarecorder.com. So H-O-N-O-R-E-E-C-O-R-D-E-R.com. Yeah. And I'll tell y'all before I met her, I actually tried to find an interview on YouTube so I could learn how to pronounce her name, which I got right. So (laughs) I was like, I think it's this, but I'm not sure. So I need to hear it. Yeah. (laughs) So it's not necessarily spelled on a Ray. So make sure you get that spelling. And then you're on... You're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yes, I'm honoree everywhere. H-O-N-O-R-E-E. So think honoree, like the honoree yeah. is, right? Yeah. So, but it's French. So it has an accent, which I don't use on social media because it turns it into a weird character. <laughs> it's all good. It's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. So again, you can find all of that in today's show notes. Go to amberhurdle.com podcasts with an S. Look for episode 72 or honoree's name. Or you can find it in the show notes on the app. App. And of course, the Bombshell Business app by Amber Hurdle is available if you're an iTunes user in the App Store. And then, of course, it is on Google Play if you're an Android user. And then there's the web app. All of that can be found on my website as well. Do not forget to text Amber's new podcast, all one word, no apostrophe, Amber's new podcast, all one word, to 44222. 44222 Amber's new podcast to stay up to date on the Velvet Machete branding podcast that's coming out. Honore, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. My absolutely my pleasure. Always fun to hang out with you. And I know I will be seeing you soon. So that will be fun. Yes, yes. yes. (laughs) And bombshells, we will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit AmberHurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the BombshellBusinessWoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.